0: The real estate market is booming whether you look in the suburbs or the city chicago continues to expand creating incredible opportunities for those in the know we'll connect with chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the real estate moguls podcast
1: how you guys doing i'm tony Arcee. welcome to the real estate moguls podcast today i'm joined by carolyn chambers Real Estate Brokers with Jamison Sotheby's International Realty. Caroline, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, what a pleasure. So jumping into it, you're originally from you know, the Chicagoland area, Downers Grove specifically, um, but I've really made your mark and, and you have a deep love for Chicago.
0: I do. I do. Yeah. I've been living in the city longer than I was living in the suburbs. So I oh, feel wow. like I'm a true city person now. Um, Yeah, I came to the city in my 20s and, you know, rented a place with a friend and um, didn't think I was going to stay, you know, forever and um, ended up falling in love with the city. And so, yeah, my my neighborhood is great and um, we love it here.
1: That's awesome. Especially, I mean, Downers Grove is a a great area.
0: It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great suburb. Yeah.
1: So to have that and then still love the city, I think, just because we were talking about the the city has a little bit of a PR problem right now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it does. It does. Yes. Downtown area. But I think if you live here, um, like I was just with a group of agents last night, we were talking about how great it is to live in the city. And, you know, we all have kids and they're going to the public schools for the most part. You know, and it, there's a lot of good things about living in the city and being close to downtown and all the cultural things, all the restaurants. So um, I do think we have a little bit of a PA problem. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, some of it's justified, but I feel like, uh, you know if you if you're here you you realize that that it's a great city it's a gem yeah.
1: for, sure, for yeah. sure and like you said especially when you travel uh, to other places and come back, you have uh, even greater appreciation for it, right? Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Whenever I leave Chicago, and I love, I love traveling. Um, I always come back. I'm so glad to get back home, and I, you know, I just love it here. So it, it highlights, you know, what I do love about
1: the city for sure. And getting into real estate um, wasn't your first career, right? No, you were working, no. Uh, with, well, I'll let you tell me. Where, where were you working? What were you doing? That was very, very different from what you're doing right now.
0: Yeah, so I got out of college and got into. Um, I was out of college uh, in the '90s when. The market, you know, the, the job market wasn't so great. So I did a bunch of different things. I, I worked by three different jobs, but um, I was mostly in non-for-profit work. I worked with people with disabilities mm. and I started out um, in the suburbs working um, with people like in recreation therapy. Um, so that was super fun. I taught. Special Olympic tennis, and um, did a lot of work w- towards inclusion for people with disabilities, wow. uh, which back in the '90s was a newer thing. Right. Um, including people, um, you know, just in the workforce. And I did; I was a job coach at one point. <laughs> I was really? finding people jobs, and I, yeah, I have a funny story at McDonald's. I was like literally like helping this guy in the McDonald's um, back at the fry fry machine. It was unbelievable. But um, anyways, yeah, so I had some. Fun experiences doing that. I came to the city. I wanted. I always wanted to live in the city, so I came down to the city and started working for Misericordia Home, which is a huge um, not-for-profit on the north side. Um, and again, you know, working with people with disabilities, and I was um, promoted to the uh, director of volunteers and in-house events, so I handled a lot of their fundraisers and their candy days, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, it, it's it's a great Organization. And then after that, I worked um, for a few years at Midtown, uh, what's called, it was Midtown Tennis Club, now it's Midtown Athletic Club, that huge complex, then Alston and Damon and Fullerton, um, cause I do love tennis. And, um, so it was a good fit there. I was the director of membership there for a while.
1: What so. an interesting yeah. path. I mean, it yeah. uh, seems like you have a heart to, to help others and serve. And what drew you to that, um, early on in your career to, towards that, that line of work and that, um, yeah, I guess that nonprofit area.
0: Yeah. I, um, well, I was you know, I always wanted to help people. I was always a service-minded person. My parents were teachers, mm. um, so I, I knew I didn't really want to go to the you know school teaching path. So social services <laughs> sort of was like that's what I did, um, and um, I enjoyed it. You know, I met a lot of people, and you know, and, you know, I had a lot of fun. So yeah.
1: So you're doing this this kind of soul work, then you go and you want to you love tennis, so you go you know do that. What got you into real estate what drew you into this whole other um, life
0: yeah so i always um, loved searching real estate websites i was like my hobby i helped <laughs> friends find houses um i never thought i was gonna do it full time you know and um and then a job came up um i think it was on like a facebook page at my local school or something saying, Mm -hmm. you know, we want somebody part-time in a real estate office. It was like three blocks from my house. And I was in, you know, I was looking to get back to work after being home with my kids for a while. Mm. Um, And I thought, well, two days a week, I can do that. And um, so I went in and I I started working at a real estate company and I thought, I'm just going to get my license. I'm not a part-time person. So (laughs) I, um, I. uh, So you
1: you went from just helping in an office and be like, I'm going to be a full-blown broker. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah.
0: So I got my license. I thought, I'm going to give it two years, you know, see, you know, because it's a little investment, right? When you take the class and pay for it and everything. So I thought, well, I'm going to give it two years and see if I have any, any luck. (laughs) So that's how it all started. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) What was the biggest thing you had to overcome in terms of getting into this um, industry, this profession? I mean, it's sales, right? It doesn't seem like you had necessarily that background in it, but you've obviously done very well for yourself.
0: Yeah. So I don't approach it um, as a sales job. I approach it as like a service. I'm providing a service Um, and it's a knowledge based profession to me. So I'm providing my expertise as an advisor to my clients and um, just being a resident of Chicago and living in a bunch of different neighborhoods and being here basically lifelong. I feel like I. I've become an expert in, you know, a lot of areas of the city, and um, I'm selling lifestyles. You know, (laughs) that's what I'm selling, right? If I am selling anything, it's, you know, lifestyle. And I want to cater to what my clients are looking for and, and... for sure, not put my interests, uh, you know, first. I, their their interests are always going to be first. For sure. Yeah.
1: And, and, yeah. And, and I feel that from you. Like one of the things that you had mentioned also was just being very relationship focused, right? And everyone has their thing. I mean, you start to hear it, right that people, white glove service for this or that. But as far as uh, you're concerned, what does that mean to you to be relationship focused um, versus that salesy and you know?
0: Yeah. Um, well, first kind of, of all. Approach? I don't like to be sold to, right? Do you? Uh, I mean, uh, no, no, nobody likes to be sold to. So like I... Like the
1: old adage of uh, everyone likes to buy, but no one likes to be sold, right?
0: Right, exactly. So, I mean, I think just being a good listener, you know, to start off and just... I do buyer consultations ahead of going out to look, you know... For homes, um, just to sort of, especially first-time home buyers, you know, there's so much to purchasing a home. So I want to make sure people are educated, yeah. and especially in the market we've come out of in the last two years, um, you know, it's it's difficult for buyers, and it's even now it's still difficult. I mean, there's still parts of the city that are very much a seller's market, so you have to be prepared. For you know what's to come, and I feel like um, that's that's where I focus my time um, when I'm working with buyers and working with the sellers. It's the same thing. I try to walk people through the process, um, not overwhelm them, but just guide them through the process and deal with things sort of ahead of time before they become issues. Um, because in a transaction, you have two attorneys, right? You have two agents most of the time. You have two different clients, or sometimes more. You have two couples sometimes, um, and then in Spectres and you're dealing with a lot of people in the transaction. so the, sure. my job is to sort of manage manage everybody you know and stay ahead of everything yeah.
1: so yeah well, and then you have that calm demeanor about you too so I'm sure that probably uh, offers some sort of comfort to your clients that you're not this you're kind of over the top personality either right
0: right and one of the things that I feel is so important is to just meet my clients where they're at and be hundred percent present which is kind of rare, right, these days. Everybody's pulled in different directions. I certainly am. I got two kids. I got a husband. I got, you know, a million things going on. And um, so I, I just feel like I don't want to be, you know, on a phone when I'm at my showing, right? right. Like, I don't want to be answering a text when I'm with my client. You know, that's people feel that. So I want to be 100% present whenever I can, you know, and just um, do the best for them, Um and show up, you know, just show up for people when they need me, for sure. yeah.
1: Um, obviously, it sounds like you, you know, some of those qualities and traits that you had prior to to getting into real estate were there um, in your other jobs in life and you know, personal life. But were there things that you had to develop or being conscious of being present or even just um, being more attentive or asking more questions than when you first started, for example? Is that something that you became aware of and developed, or is that something that you just always kind of had as part of?
0: your DNA? Well, no, I mean, something I'm always working on is myself, right? I'm always trying to better myself. And, um, you know, one thing I I do just during the pandemic was a little crazy. I had kids at home. We had e-learning, right? Everybody was in the same boat. So I would like literally go upstairs to a quiet room, lock the door, you know, I was having conversations because most of my conversations with clients were, you know, in the hours of like four to 8 p.m.
1: Right, right, right. You
0: know, um, it's when most people's days are winding down and stuff. So um, just, you know, so my Corgi wasn't barking in the background or whatever. I try to like do, you know, or sometimes I have you know, like conversations in the car because it's quiet and I don't, so I can fun. reduce my, so I'm sitting in front of my house in the car a lot of times um, talking. But um, but yeah, just um, just being mindful, you know, in my own life with myself and, and taking care of myself and yeah. so I can be of service to other people, Yeah. you know.
1: No, it sounds like uh, you're doing exactly that. I mean, from what we were talking about earlier too, so you made a couple comments that... Um, it seems like you have that, that kind of balance, right? Um, in life where you're not really overwhelmed by any one thing, which I think is a is a, yeah. can burn people up, it, right? It's
0: super easy to get overwhelmed, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean there's so yeah. You know, I mean I have a daughter probably looking at college soon and, you know, a son looking at high schools in Chicago. That can be tricky. Yeah. Um so yeah, I have a lot going on in my personal life, but I try to like, you know, when I'm home be present. Of yeah. course they might tell you something else, but um, <laughs> When I'm home, be present for them, or show up to their activities, and then when I'm with my clients, be there for my clients. Yeah, yeah
1: uh you made a comment earlier just about that certain areas in the city are still sellers markets yeah um, for sure wh- why do you think that is like it's just like yeah t- okay, I'm, it's kind of refreshing to hear that you yeah know, on, on one oh, end because yeah. it's like you were also mentioning that um and we'll get into it a little bit more but as your job is to know other cities other markets that the the, the kind of the inflation you know uh, of mm-hmm. homes or the rates that they were going at hasn't really impacted us here so we hopefully we shouldn't expect uh you know, a bubble burst in as big as it might in other areas. So, yeah, take me through that. Why do you think that is? On one end, you know, still seller's market in some neighborhoods, but then, and also, you know, we didn't have that huge bubble that we can expect uh, catastrophe like in some other cities.
0: Right, right. Well, you had some other cities like San Francisco, for example, you know, they had huge um, price increases, right, Right, right. last couple of years. So those are the markets that are going to come down harder, right? (laughs) Right. But Chicago, we definitely had over-asking offers. We had multiple offer situations going on. But it wasn't, you know, at the same rate as, say, Florida or, you know, San Francisco or some of these other markets. Um, so we are going to probably see a little price reduction. We haven't so far. I mean, since. June when the rates started going up. Yeah. Uh, I just looked in the MLS this morning and, you know, the rate. I mean, we still have appreciation and we still have low market time. North Center has under two months of inventory for four bedroom homes. Wow. So that. Yeah. So four months, uh, four to five months is a balanced market. Right. Um, So anything under that is considered a seller's market. So North Center is still a seller's market for single family homes. We have low inventory and I haven't seen prices come down. So unless it was overpriced to begin with. So if it's overpriced to begin with, then you're going to see price reductions. But if they price well to at get the get go, there's there's buyers out there. So. Yeah.
1: It, I mean, it obviously sounds like it. But what, what do you think that is? What do you think the, the, the driving force behind that is when in a city that has that bad PR that yep. you kind of saw that even the pandemic people were leaving, you know, the city right. because Things weren't open. Whatever. Well, I mean,
0: there's you good know. things happening. I mean, my cousin's in commercial real estate, so I talk to him a lot. And you know, the Sears. Sorry, I call it the Sears Tower. I still so do too. I it's don't know the how Willis to call it the Willis Tower. Word, yeah. I just call it. The- so the Willis Tower is at 97 percent occupancy, oh, so three percent wow. vacancy. So wow. I mean, you know. You know, I mean, yes, there's definitely office space that's vacant downtown, but, um, you know, Google, what they're doing is amazing, taking over the Thompson Center next few years. They're adding, I heard, 10,000 employees. So there's people coming to the city. And, you know, Chicago is a major city, especially in the Midwest. So um, I don't see, I mean, the downtown market um, in terms of condos, yes, you you know, if you're looking at a million dollar above condo, you're going to have 12 months of inventory down there. But... You know, a year ago, it was 16 months. So, you know, it's still a buyer's market in the downtown area for condos, but um, people are still coming to the city, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so, and then Lincoln Park, and, in terms of Lincoln Park, you know, um, there's still low inventory, you know, there as well, and then Lakeview, um, under two months of inventory as well. So, yeah. you know, with, I think a lot of the sellers are in these 2.75%, you know, 30 year mortgage, fixed mortgage, and they don't want to leave that and go to 7%, (laughs) right? I don't blame them. So there's a little bit of that hesitancy to sell. And then you also have, um, you know, this, you have a lot of of buyers. You have a lot of buyer demand. I had a $925,000 townhome. I mean, I can't even tell you how many showings I had. And that was after the rates were going up. Wow. So it ended up, you know, going for over, you know, we had multiple offers yeah. so yeah so it's still happening it's just you have to price strategically you have to be very you can't overprice in this market um and it has to be marketed well yeah yeah sure. and it has to be moving ready as much as possible oh interesting. that's what everybody wants moving Inter- ready yeah yeah oh yeah. interesting interesting
1: yeah. okay no the times change you know people want different things um and speaking of that as as you've oh, um matured right and in life as you were saying that some of the the people in your uh, demographic age group yeah uh, they, yep. they started getting second homes in oh, different yeah. places talk to me a little bit about that how your business has changed from just uh, that local market to now, you know, not on local, but obviously expanding to where yeah. people are getting uh, summer homes or vacation homes. Or...
0: Right. Yeah. So I um, part of my uh, brand is I'm affiliated with Sotheby's International Realty, um, which is a fantastic um, company to work for. They have. Um, wonderful agents throughout the world. So I am connected to the best agents in every market. Mm -hmm. Um, And I regularly talk to other agents in other markets just to hear what's going on. You know, like, for example, in San Francisco and Austin and Dallas, um, just here, you know, Denver. um, I was on the call with... um, somebody in the Hamptons. It's just interesting to me to to know and and just be able to serve my clients better because I have clients moving to those markets. Florida is big right now. A lot of people are, you know, moving to Florida to get either because they can work from home or because they want a second home and they're going to be retiring in 10 years and they know the market's probably going to stay strong or maybe even increase in value. So,
1: yeah. And how has that changed for you in terms of the way you market yourself now to make sure that people know about those things or, you know, if, if, because it's it's a money thing right if you have money sitting around or you know, have that yeah. you know income that uh you could put it towards something like that how right. do you how do you plant that seed for for your clients prospects yeah um yeah just talk to me a little bit about how that's well i mean evolved.
0: in addition to the referral you know markets that I, I you know the really relationships i have with the agents and the other markets um i You know, I follow the financial markets, too, right? Mm -hmm. And the financial markets have been up and down. You know, a lot of people are down in the stock market this year. Um, So, you know, real estate's a hard asset. And if you're going to buy anyway in, you know, in 10 years, say, in Florida, why not buy now? Rent it out, you know, the rental vacation rental market's fantastic. (laughs) Um, And so, and then you have a hard asset, right? And you have something that's appreciating in value um, along with your stocks and whatever your portfolio. So, um, I pay attention to all the financial markets because that's what my clients are paying attention to. And that's what's driving their decisions.
1: Yeah.
0: um, Is what's going on in everything, right?
1: Oh, no. Yeah, the whole picture, right? The whole picture, yeah. Right,
0: right. And inflation, all that stuff is, is, but right now, you know, they say, oh, it's inflation, real estate. Well, real estate hasn't been affected in Chicago, you know? I mean, we're getting less showings downtown maybe, but like, you know, in these other areas like Lincoln Park, Lakeview, North Center, we still have low inventory and high buyer demand.
1: Yeah. Now, have you noticed trends in that um, depending on the demographic? is one of the things I hear a lot of, especially with the younger generation that's getting into real estate, there's this house hacking, right, where you, you... Buy multifamily units. You live in it, and then you rent it out. Yeah. Now, are you seeing that kind of evolve as people get older, a little more uh, financially secure, where now they're they're doing more of that vacation home or you know second home elsewhere, or is it also still focused on the investment part? Um, That's really important to people. Yeah. Well,
0: I think it's, I mean, I've done that myself. I, I can, I converted a a two flat to a single family. Now I'm like, I wish I'd have kept it at a two flat. Mm. Uh, But, you know, it's, I think that's a great thing to do. Although I tell you, I did it eight years ago when, you know, labor and everything was a lot less than it is now yeah. I and mean, the material cost is yeah. really high so you have to factor that in you know right. when you're rehabbing but i think tax wise you're going to save in the long run versus buying a new construction if you're buying a multi unit like you said, to live in one unit and rent out two other units. I mean, that's phenomenal, right? <laughs> have your have your tenants pay your mortgage and um, your taxes, and um, there's always a demand for three flats and four flats in Chicago. I mean,
1: but do you feel like as people get older, they're kind of like, eh, you know, my my privacy or you know th- those things that um, maybe you're willing to sacrifice when you're younger. Yeah. As you get older, you're like, eh, not so much. I don't want to live where my tenants are, kind of thing.
0: Right, right. I mean that yes, for sure. I mean if you're gonna be doing that you, but the nice part is as a you know, multi unit owner, you gonna get to pick your your tenants. So yeah, yeah. So and the rental market's strong in Chicago. I mean we are yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah, our the rental prices are up over last year for sure, and <laughs> as, as they are all over the country. But yeah.
1: But you made a good point. I mean, all these initiatives uh, from the city to bring business in, to bring companies in, you know, events, um, it's going to create more yeah. demand to live here. So yeah. that makes sense. Then yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean,
0: during COVID, people left the city, right, to go back to their. Parents' house in the suburbs or whatever, because they're like, well, if I don't have to go downtown, why am I paying rent, right? But
1: go downtown. Not only that, but you can't go to restaurants, right? You do yeah, right. Things. Exactly. It's like, well, all Everything's all locked up. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: So it was sort of like you saw that, and then you know now we're seeing you know it's going to come back. So for sure, yeah, for sure. yeah.
1: So ha- take take me to uh, 2023 and beyond. What's uh, the vision? What's the or what some of the goals? What What can we expect from the Carolyn Chambers brand?
0: Well, I just would like to continue to grow my business. You know, I don't have any specific number or goal in terms of next year. Um, you know, I you know I wish I had a crystal ball to find know what's going to happen <laughs> right, in the real estate right. market. I mean, usually in Chicago, if the, the January is mild, is when the spring market starts, right, in January. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes right after New Year's is when, you know, people start putting things on the market. Um, but typically, like after the Super Bowl is when, you know, all the
1: buyers, yeah, it yeah. starts
0: picking up and it's very, Chicago is very tied to the rental market. So I'm expecting a busy spring. I'm expecting, um, to hopefully have more listings, you know, for buyers, um, You know, but um, but I don't know. I mean, it's right (laughs) now. Right now it's this is a hard time of year in Chicago because we're going into winter. So it's not an ideal time to list your house. Sure. Um, Although some people listed, you know, December to get ahead of the spring market, you know, so they have less competition, um, which is some can be a good strategy. But um, for the most part, from now until like January, it's, you know, tends to be a little slower in Chicago
1: well awesome yeah. awesome uh, <laughs> it's, it's all optimistic all positive i mean hopefully rates come down too yeah um you were saying maybe even hopefully third quarter third next quarter year. next year is
0: what yeah, yeah i've heard yeah, so third, i yeah. don't know we'll, all see. we'll
1: keep our fingers crossed yeah uh, but no on that note thank you for coming in sharing your story being a part of this community and yeah looking forward to all that's to come for you
0: thank you so much for having me